We had a great conversation about some of these college coaches. Let's dive in to some more here. The rest of the top 10. So once again, Nick Saban, number one, Kirby Smart, number two, Dabo Sweeney, three, Jim Harbaugh, four, Ryan Day, five, Brian Kelly, six, and Lincoln Riley, seven. And then you had Luke Fickle, eight, Kyle Whittingham of Utah, nine, Luke Fickle's at Wisconsin, by the way, now left Cincinnati, and Josh Heupel in Tennessee at number 10. What do you make of Heupel at number 10? Obviously, Tennessee was in a bad spot. He's kind of resurrected them. They were able to beat Bama this year, lost to Georgia, lost to South Carolina bad, which ended their season. Do you think is a top 10 coach in the country? I mean, being able to do what he did in the SEC is unbelievably impressive, right? Like, it's one thing if you're Alabama and you've had a stranglehold on or even like Florida, who was a powerhouse back with Tim Tebow a few years ago, or Auburn's had their up and downs. Dude, Tennessee hasn't been good since the year after Peyton Manning left. This kind of good, like where they became the number one team in the country. So, yeah, I mean, Josh Heupel, all the credit in the world for taking a doubt. I know it's Tennessee. I know they get their recruits. I know they have the money. I know they have the big giant stadium. But they were probably the last few years the seventh, eighth, ninth best program in the SEC, and he got them all the way up to number one in the country. Yeah, he's a great coach. Yeah, by the way, these rankings are uh, are sporting news that gave these out. So Heupel's at 10. Tennessee's win totals at 9.5 this year. Sonny Dykes, who made it to the national championship last year with TCU, he comes in at 11. You have guys like James Franklin of Penn State at 13. Jimbo Fisher, who you mentioned, he's at 14. Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State, 15. This was the one I thought was interesting. Pat Narduzzi at 17. Ahead of guys like Chris Kleiman in K-State, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, Kiffin, Ole Miss. Yeah, Narduzzi at 17. You can't, I, I can't give you that one. That There's just there's absolutely no way that Narduzzi is a better coach than Kleiman or Kirk Ferentz. No chance. I agree, but, I mean, aren't we going to say the same thing about Jimbo Fisher? When's the last time Jimbo Fisher took one of those awesome recruiting classes and actually did anything with it? I know he puts guys into the NFL. I know he won a national championship. Dude, he won his national championship with Jameis Winston. Talk about a long time ago at this point. So to call him a current, where'd we have him on the list? Uh, We had Jimbo at 14. No, no. He's not a top 30 head coach right now. He was. But if if, if the course is current events... I think you got to start talking about guys like Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Once we get into this kind of range, I think you mentioned a couple of the guys. Good call with Chris Kleiman at K-State. You're going to call me a homer. What about my guy Lance Leopold at KU? Who Here's the difference. Here's the difference. If you're an SEC coach, or even if you're, you know, let's say, Jimbo Fisher with a middle-of-the-pack SEC team, whatever, your expectations are a little bit different because of the recruits that you bring in. If you're at KU or K-State or any of these other type of schools, if you go out there and win eight, nine games, that's wildly overachieving. So if we're having a real conversation of who's the best college football coach, it has to be also about where do you coach? What kind of players are you coaching? And I think some of these guys need to get a, bit, a little bit of love too. 100%. I, I completely agree with you. I think that's a great point. That's why, you know, I, I'm with you on, on Jimbo. I mean, it's, it's, that's a huge part of it. Sonny Dykes, I think, is a one-year wonder. I think him at 11 is absurd. I understand why he's there because he just made the national title. But I remember his teams at Cal, at SMU, 
Like, Sonny Dykes is not a number 11 guy. TCU just had one of those magical years. They had a nice team. But, again, you saw what happened when they played Georgia. They, 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 they weren't – I mean, those teams shouldn't have been on the same field together. So, I think Sonny Dykes at 11 is just an absurd overreaction. I understand why he's there. He made the title game. But, I, I mean, that's just – it's crazy. Sonny Dykes should be in, like, the 30s, in my opinion. Couple other guys I think that should be kind of living in this range. PJ Fleck at Minnesota, he's great. Um, he is. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, love the job that he's been able to do out there. Pat Fitzgerald had a little bit of a down year, but he's a really good head coach out there at Northwestern. And then there's just some guys that are kind of unproven. They haven't been there very long. Shane Beamer, is he any good at South Carolina? Billy Napier at Florida. Maybe Chip Kelly. You start to bring up a name like that at UCLA. I feel like we're kind of getting into that 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 sort of range. We are, and I wrote down some names too. Pat Fitzgerald was one. He's number fifty on that list. Insane. Oh, way too North, low. Way too low. Northwestern. I mean, oh my god. And Pat Fitzgerald recruits like you know two stars, three stars every year, but they'll make the Big Ten title game out of the West Division like every three years or so. I, I mean, he and develops the NFL too. Every right? every other roster when they're announcing the defensive line, you know, you never heard of these guys. Monday Night Football, big three hundred pounder, six year out of Northwestern. Every other roster has one. So true. So I thought him at forty was crazy. Your guy Lightpole, I said him at thirty six. Do we remember how bad Kansas was? I, I mean, you do. Their win total was two and a half, Sean. I mean, it's like it's abs- wants, we, They made a bowl game. Listen to this. So, I finished college in 2009, all right? So, I was there for, like, the glory years, the Mangino years. They won the Orange Bowl in 2008. It's still – every time I say it, it doesn't sound right that KU won the Orange Bowl. I'm talking about yeah. the Aqib Tlaib days. And then, in 2009, they won a road Big 12 game. It was at Iowa State. I know it because I was there. And they didn't win another one until this year a road conference game. And I told you I got out of school in 2009, and they didn't go on the road with a conference game until this year, and they did it a couple of times. So, yeah. yeah, man, KU football is a special kind of bad. I mean, there's bad, and then there's what Kansas football became after Mark Mangino because they tried all these different things, man. Remember, they, they went with Charlie Weiss, and they went with – guys that you've never heard of, and finally they got it right with this guy, Lance Leopold. So the Big 12 is tough, though, right? Because there's a lot of good young coaches. If you want to talk about Dave Aranda at Baylor, if you want to talk about Kleiman at K-State, you mentioned Sonny Dykes. There's, this is a conference full of good coaches. So is KU ever going to become a good football program? No, but damn it, if they win five or six games a year, I'll be satisfied. Absolutely, and the offense that his that he runs is a tribute to the coach. Like all the different motions and the different handoffs that they have with Jaden Daniels, I, I think thirty six is ridiculous for Leipold. Hugh Freeze at thirty eight, I thought that was way too high for him too, dude. Like I know he has allegations, I know he's not the best of human beings, but he beat Saban back to back years. That's something in my book. Then he went to Liberty. He got Malik Willis, who people thought would be a first round talent. Turns out Malik Willis maybe isn't so good. But I think he's going to be good at, at Auburn. So I thought 36 was, 38 was too high for you. I wanted to come up with my own list, so I'm not looking at the one that you are. I didn't want to be swayed, persuaded in any way. Where's, is Deion Sanders on the list at all? He is. What number do you think Deion is? 
Well, now that we've made it, where are we? Like the mid-20s, and I haven't heard his name yet. Um, I think he's probably coming up pretty soon. It feels like he's got a lot of hype behind him. Took a program from nothing to something. Has a bunch of recruits. Give me, give me 44, final answer. 59 is where they have Dion. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We're about to find out. That's, that's where they have Dion. I have heard of every single head coach in front of him, except I could not have told you that the head coach of Washington State is Jake Dicker. Didn't know that. Didn't know that at all. But When uh, it comes to Colorado, I, though, I mean, think how, how difficult is it going to be for Las Vegas, not only right now to set an over-under number, but as the season goes along. And they, they've got a really tough schedule. Colorado does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many games they're going to win. They do have a unbelievable recruiting class. They bring, bring in a bunch of veterans also. So there's no reason on paper they don't go out there and win. I mean, I'm going to throw out a big number for a team that hasn't been good in a while. There's no reason they don't go out there and win eight or nine games this upcoming season. It's just, can they actually do it? And how does Vegas set their lines? Colorado is going to be one of the most interesting teams, win, lose, or draw to watch all year. 100%. And yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this list, Sean. Like, the 40, the guys in the 40s, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, one of the most underrated coaches, and I think they could be really good this year. They picked up DJ Uyunglele and the transfer porter from Clemson. Maybe he kind of turns into the guy we saw in that one game against Notre Dame. He's at 40. Sark at Texas is 41. You could make an argument Sark's the best play caller in college football. It might be Ryan Day and Sark 1A, 1B. I think 41 is absurd. Matt Campbell is at 43, who we both love. He was 20 last year. He went to 43 this year. I just, I mean, I think that's crazy. And the fact that they have Brett Venables at 42 ahead of him, how can that be? Brent Venables coached one year. Matt Campbell has had years where Iowa State has just come out of nowhere and you put Venables as a better coach than Campbell? Just doesn't make sense. Pete, you say you love college football, so I'm going to give you a pop quiz here because this guy's a top 10 coach, but nobody knows who he is, all right? And he switched teams. He switched universities this year, but I'm talking about the last few years. Where did Jamie Chadwell coach? Oh, he coached uh, Coastal Carolina with Grayson McCall. So good, dude. He's so good. So good. And he puts players in the NFL, and he's been consistent over the years, and he's gone out there and gone to and won bowl games, double-digit wins three out of the last four years. He took the Liberty job. He's not an old guy, though. So we talk about if Dabo Sweeney, for whatever reason, was to ever leave and maybe take that Alabama job. And Jamie Chadwell took the Liberty job, by the way, this past offseason. He's a guy in the next few years that has a big-time job. He's a big-time coach. Chadwell's fantastic. Coastal Carolina is one of my favorite teams to bet, man. Like, it didn't matter what the number was. They just would always cover. McCall was so money. I love them. Another guy I wrote down was Mike Houston at East Carolina was number 80. Absolutely absurd. Go look at what he did with James Madison at the Division II level. Nobody could beat North Dakota State until Mike Houston and his James Madison Dukes went in there and did it. He's a great coach. Number 80 is just absolutely absurd.